Hey, yo, welcome back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Broadbent. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the DIA Pod. Let's get right into today's show. All right, guys, welcome back into the show. Once again, the most wonderful time of the year here Beyond the Diamond. We are loving watching all this college baseball and some good news for the Fairfield baseball fans. You guys are starting up soon, huh? And I know Little Birdie told me there's a great hype video coming. Yeah, um, we got, I think it's nine days out today. Um, got edits uh, coming out every day with the count, content started yesterday. Um, hype video finished yesterday. Posted a little... Um, preview on my story rush rushmore.films um it's coming out saturday on at least my account i don't know when it's coming out on the fairfield baseball account but three minutes long it's a little trailer for this season featuring all our uh, veterans it's gonna be a good time all right and i know plenty of people enjoy that one um i certainly did i was lucky enough to get a sneak peek and uh yeah good stuff coming that way so getting back into the usual, we like to start with these power rankings here. Top four teams, they stood their ground. Um, Arkansas, Vandy, Mississippi State, and Old Miss, your one through four. Um, we had speculated, you know, how soon until Vandy takes over. That hasn't happened yet. Good weekend for Arkansas, but, um, you know, it's probably still only a matter of time. But Arkansas is having a nice year. We'll talk more about them later on in the show. Um, Colby, what stands out to you in these power rankings right now? Um, so obviously one, two, I'm thinking it's going to stay one, two for a while, or it's going to flip flop back and forth for a little bit. Uh, three, four, we know that they're both dominant. They both have awesome uniforms. That's also a thing we got to keep our eye out for as does Vandy, um, Florida back up to five. So they're climbing back up the rankings after starting preseason. Number one, UCLA started preseason. Number two, they're back up to six after a great week. Uh, Miami's holding steady at that eight mark. Texas Tech, um, after the tough start, had a great week, five and all. Um, I th- you said UConn's down there this week, so yeah, four games that's series. series to look out for. Um, who else? Uh, Virginia Tech and Boston College, two teams that uh, we keep our eye out for. BC had an insane week. Um, comeback for the ages uh virginia tech had a great week also two and one but climbing up the rankings steadily and um falling out of the rankings um oh don't forget notre dame who we previewed last week as a team that could be a sleeper and then virginia falling out of the rankings um they went two and two but their two losses were back-to-backs to fsu florida state um who's a struggling team right now so you can't really have that happen and then North Carolina, Austin Love can't carry them the whole way, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Virginia, on the whole, they've played some tough competition this year. So, to, I mean, even be six and five right now speaks volumes to their team. It's a good team. They'll be back in the top 25 at some point, I'm sure. Um, Florida, like you mentioned, they've only lost one game since they dropped two out of three to Miami the opening weekend. Uh, you know, Tommy Mace, Judd Fabian, Nathan Hickey and the gang, they're all doing their thing. Uh, looking good down there in Gainesville, the new ballpark. UCLA has rebounded a little bit. We gave them some crap opening weekend, but back up to eight and three, doing really well in all those midweek games they need to win. Um, but the first thing I'd really like to dive into, uh, Georgia Tech, they came up from five places, jumped five places, I'm sorry, to number seven. 
Um, they took series out of Louisville, who fell from five to ten. Um, really good weekend for Georgia Tech. Um, a lot of people have had their eyes on that team. Um, and another big jump is, as you mentioned, BC. Uh, they were at 22, according to D1 Baseball, last week. Now they're at seven. They took two out of three against Auburn. Um, and also Baseball America has them at 17 for the record. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so Auburn, they took two out of three. That comeback uh, on Sunday, they were down nine to one with two outs in the ninth inning. Somehow, some way, found a way to put together a rally, uh, come back and win that game 11 to nine in extra innings. Uh, it was kind of the classic small ball moving the line along at first. Um, Self Relic, who ended up being the ACC player of the week, came up to the plate, jacked a three run home run, just electric for them. Um, against Seb Thomas, who had been having a really strong season for Auburn. So that one stung for them for sure. Um, and uh, Joey Walsh came in, pitched the ninth inning clean, set up for a Luke Gold go ahead home run in the 10th. Walsh slammed the door shut for the two out of three. And that offense is relentless, their arms are sneaky good. BC is a team for sure. We got to have our eyes on. Yeah, and that was Gold's uh, third home run of the series. He had the two two homer night on that Friday night of the series. Um, no, it was definitely small ball for sure. Um, I think they had the base. They walk got a run walked in twice, I believe, to make it um, nine four. Then they had bases loaded, um, double down the down the uh, left field line get two runs home for nine six then um got the uh frelick hit the three round home run against thomas who it's a great mustache let me just say great looks like a pitcher the whole way tough tough to see a pitcher like that give, give give it up but um and then it was tied um and then they just won it you know once they tied it they had all the momentum they weren't gonna lose that game yeah no doubt i mean that's how it plays out most of those games but just unreal. I mean, took all the air out of the stadium down there at Auburn. So they, they were dead in the water. It was like the Atlanta Falcons after the uh, Pats tied it in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, so shout out to BC. They're doing great. Um, you love to see the Northeastern team succeeding. Another team in the power rankings. Last week I mentioned, we'll talk more about UC Santa Barbara. They're having a really nice season. Um, well, they were at number seven at the time. Now they are 22. Uh, Four-game sweep against Oregon. That was a great effort from Oregon. They're now six and two. They have a big matchup against Oregon State this weekend, who is at number 17 right now. Um, so you see Santa Barbara. Right, we're not going to go into as much detail as we thought we were about them. Um, some big performances out of Oregon. Um, Kenyon Yovan was the Pac-12 player of the week. He's a redshirt junior infielder. He pitched a little bit last year. I'm not sure if they have any plans to put him on the mound more this year, but he's hitting 467 off to an awesome start. Um, some other big performances from some other guys too. Yeah, um, I remember when we mentioned this game, I said, look out for Oregon. They always seem to do damage when uh, they're the underdog. And like since we've been 12, they've always been a tough, tough competition. I remember um, before we even started looking at colleges, they were always one of my top choices, even though they're not obviously not one of the top academic schools, but they got the best jerseys or one of the best jerseys. No, they got the best jerseys. <laughs> um, and they're always, how can you not love the green Oregon athletics? Gotta love them. They're always in the competition. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
it's a great program they got going there. Um, and who knows with the way they're playing, they could very easily sneak into the rankings at sometime soon. Um, some of Prince's Tanner Smith hit 353, two home runs. Sam Nowitzki 571. Aaron Zavala same thing 571. Um, and then obviously I mentioned uh, Jovan. So they got some talented players um, and not the best weekend UC Santa Barbara was hoping for. Yeah, no, um, UC Santa Barbara, obviously not a huge school, but a, a school in California who where they can play baseball year round. Um, so you tough to see a California team like that get swept, but they didn't play well. No, unfortunately they did not. And yeah, um... Another team we always have around, LSU, they fell to number 21. Uh, Oral Roberts, they're a sneaky good team. Uh, they got some talent. Um, no, obviously never going to be top tier one that people talk about a lot, but nonetheless, they did well and um, beat up uh, Jaden Hill, who's, you know, came into the air as a big top draft prospect. So shout out to Oral Roberts for a nice weekend, knocking LSU down a few spots. Yeah, and LSU's no joke. I mean, they're a great team, so. It's got to be, you got to be a great team to take down a great team. So good on Oral Roberts. And as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Notre Dame, that's another team we've had our eyes on for sure. Taking two out of three down in Clemson. Um, bouncing back after a tough game one, uh, their ace, Tommy Sheehan, he struggled. He had his first loss since the 2018 to 19 season. Um, Irish gave up seven runs in the fifth. Um, Caden Grace went yard for Clemson. So you know, not the start they're hoping for, but man, they made up for it the next two games. Yeah, um, we've been had our eyes on Notre Dame. We mentioned them at the end, uh, towards the end of last week's podcast, that they're a team to keep your eye on. And look at them; they're number twenty-five now, I believe. Um, Clemson always a team up there um, in the not necessarily ranked, but good team. So taking two out of three from them, great uh, continuation. Uh, or I guess still start for Notre Dame because they had the COVID postponement to the start of their season. Um, yeah. They can keep rolling. They're a dark horse for the ACC championship. Oh, no doubt. And there's so much talent in the ACC with teams like, you know, BC, Duke, et cetera. Um, Notre Dame right now looking great though. Um, they jumped on John Michael Bertrand's back game too. He's a grad transfer starter, struck out eight, only three hits over seven. That was impressive. Nico Cavadas, that guy can hit some home runs. Um, He's a name to keep an eye on for draft watches. Um, he's been a menace at the plate. Um, hit one in the first inning on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, that was the only two runs that Bertrand and Will Mercer, who came in, pitched the uh, last two innings. That's all they needed. Then game three is their pitching was a story again. Um, was started off as a little bit of a bullpen day, but Liam Simon, who's a sophomore, he came in and threw four, struck out eight, did very well. Um David Lamana, who's the catcher, Sp Spencer Myers in center, Zach Prashner at shortstop. They were the stars on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Grace hit another home run for Clemson in the fifth, which knocked Simon out. But then uh, Jack Brannigan came in, did a great job. And another team, you know, we keep having our eyes on talking about these same squads, but UVA meeting up with them. So Notre Dame UVA this weekend. Notre Dame at four and two after packing a lot of games into these two weekends. So that'll be a fun one to watch. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, for sure. And even though UVA has fallen out of the rankings, it's still probably the series to watch this weekend. Yeah. Got this hot Notre Dame club going up against anytime you're facing Abbott Vassal McGarry. It's not going to be easy. I don't care. Yeah. 
what UVA looks like at the moment. So I can't wait to watch that one. Yeah. Um, Arizona went 4-0 uh, in the Fresno Classic. Um, not bad. Uh, they beat Oklahoma twice, along with Dallas Baptist and Missouri. So great weekend for them. Yeah. And um, another team here in these top 25, Virginia Tech. I'm sure everybody's by now seen the home run hammer celebration, but man, that's awesome. I love stuff like that. That's why college baseball is so good. Just mm-hmm. people having fun with it. You know, got guys like Jared Kravis who have now quote unquote discovered college baseball <laughs> and are, are taking the podcasting away from us being the stars of it. But um, yeah, you love to see that get promoted because it's awesome. They took two out of three against, against our friend love and UNC. Um, yeah. And we got a buddy down at Virginia Tech who uh, is going to go to some of the games down there, and we'll have him on in a few weeks to talk about the atmosphere down there with fans down south. I love that. It's going to be a fun perspective to hear from. Um, So that's the latest in the top 25. Um, Plenty to talk about there. Let's start to dive into these games a little bit more. Um, Arkansas holding at number one. Did with the NEA2 against a Murray State team that played them tough. First game was 7-6, 11-6 second game before. They took care of business with a 6 nothing win on Sunday. Um, they'll be facing Louisiana Tech this weekend, by the way. Um, let's talk about some of the guys on their team. Um, Casey Opitz, he's a very good catcher, one of the more underrated ones in the game. Right now ranked at 139 in the draft. Some people have said they see him as a major league backup, but, I mean, you take a guy that can steal strikes, especially on low pitches. He's one of the rare college catchers who calls his own game. Um, not Certainly not many of them out there right now. He's a switch hitter. Um, hitting 379 with a 157 OPS and only three strikeouts this year at the plate, which anytime you can limit strikeouts like that, it's impressive. So certainly a strong guy to have behind the dish for them as their leader. Yeah, and I mean, you look at college baseball and you look at catchers. A catcher who can frame, a catcher who can steal those low strikes especially, because the high strikes never get called anyway, especially in college baseball. Anything above the belt's never getting called. The belt's barely getting called. And then a catcher who calls his own game and doesn't need and knows his pitchers that well. That's the definition of an MLB catcher in my eyes. Oh yeah. Now, maybe and he'll develop more, obviously, but that's what you as a scout, and we're not MLB scouts yet. But um I like that. As as you're scouting, you want to look for those are probably the main tools besides the hitting side of it that you look for. Uh, in a catcher. So if he has those, which he seems to, uh, on the number one team in college baseball, holding off Vandy, I, that's MLB catcher. Oh, yeah. Um, a good catcher is the backbone of your team. And even if they can't hit, they can still be productive. But you look at him and he can. So it's the best of every world right now. Um, and they're lining up with some strong arms uh, coming out of the bullpen. They got some hard throwers. Elijah Trest, 93-94. Caleb Bolden, 91-94. He's got a nice sweeping slider. He might head to the rotation next year, I read, um, in kind of a similar move that we've talked about with Andrew Abbott and Ben Kasparius, guys that have had success in the past in the bullpen. Moving into the rotation, we've seen plenty of it in college baseball this year. We'll see plenty more. Uh, Caden Monk, 91-94. Kevin Copps, he had a two-inning save against TCU, so at 9-92. Ryan Castello, who's a JUCO transfer. He loved those guys. Sinking at 93-94. And Jackson Wiggins, he's a true freshman, hit 98 against TCU, just strikes out the ballpark. 
Um, we were talking earlier about the impacts true freshmen can make and how special you have to be to really come onto the scene like that. That's what you love to see for a guy like that. Yeah, um, a 95 mile an hour sinker from a JUCO transfer, um, that's impossible to hit. And then a true freshman who hits 98 and can throw strikes, um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty good, I'd say. With yeah. a catcher who can steal strikes. Yeah, that'll play. So that'll now play. everybody's seeing why they're sitting at number one right now. Yeah. Um, the rotation, uh, one guy to mention is Peyton Paulette. Uh, D1 baseball comped him to Walker Bueller. That's not bad. No. Um, they also say he shows an easy 95 to 96 with good spin rate, sharp curveball that buckled the umpire in his start against Texas. He will be towards the top of our soon to be released 2022 power rankings. Uh, D1 baseball, you know, pretty much the premier source for college baseball media. So that is a glowing recommendation for him. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, Walker Bueller's, you know, I'd say he's a pretty good pitcher. You know, he's not like he's the ace on the best team in baseball or anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty special to be comp to him. And then the infield, uh, Robert Moore is a guy at second base. Could be a star in the making. He had two home runs against Murray State on uh, March 5th. He's a sophomore, 183 OPS on the year. And once again, D1 Baseball, uh, David Cipher. He comped him to Nick Madrigal, Nick Allen, Colton Wong, along with the guy at UCLA, Matt McLean, who we talked about in one of the other episodes. Um, but no shortage of good secondaries out there. And those are guys that have had plenty of success in the major leagues. So their lineup yeah. is not too shabby either. Yeah, Colton Wong, uh, longtime vet at the Cardinals. I'd want to be compared to him. He's obviously not superstar second baseman, but he's a star. He was at his prime. He was who a lot of guys looked up to. So yeah, I mean, I'd he want was to be a compared top to prospect him. coming up. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, his first impact on the show is getting picked off by Koji O'Hara in the World Series. But yeah, that's but hot. no, he's had a great career for himself, winning some Gold Gloves, um, being a mainstay there. Now moving on to Milwaukee, I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and now on to uh, the number two team, obviously. Uh, one of the teams we will. Uh, it would not uh, be watch. a Beyond the Diamond episode if we didn't focus farewell on the Vandy boys. <laughs> uh, so they're rolling. Um, and they might have another dominant freshman uh, in their arsenal uh, now, which, you know, that seems fair. Um, <laughs> so they played a three-game set against Illinois-Chicago. And then a um, makeup game against Memphis, uh, all at home. So game one, uh, they had Thomas Schultz going. He fired five innings of one hit ball, no walks, eight Ks. You know, not rocker lighter, but that's not too far off. No. So I believe he's a true junior, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's not bad. Um, game two, get oh, they won 15 nothing in that game too. So offense did its thing um game Last two minute. rocker rocker uh did what rocker does um six innings two hits one run one walk 11 k's against 20 batters um got the win five two pretty good i think he had 84 pitches so they're getting back up to the pitch count you think they'll start going seven eight innings pretty soon him and lighter speaking of lighter um his pitches were moving so much that batters kind of just lapped it off when they were getting buckled with his curveball. Um, he was hitting spots like no one's business. The umpire gave him a little bit on the black, but still five innings, one run, one hit. 
three walks and 11 Ks. He got up to 94 pitches, so he was a little inefficient with the balls, but still not too bad. Uh, they got the win 4-2. And then I mean, at this, at this, with the way the game is now, all, you, all you're asking for is a guy to get through five or six. So, yeah, exactly. That, he'll be fine. Obviously, you want to see him go deeper, but, you know, for this stage of the season, he's doing just fine. Exactly. And then game four of the weekend against Memphis makeup game, they won 10-4. Um, Christian Little with the start. Patrick Riley, a true freshman, uh, threw three and a third with one hit, no runs, and four Ks. Picking up his first one in college uh, in relief. So, you know, just another another freshman for Vandy to toy with. Because, you know, why not? Yeah, why not? We'll give them everybody that pitching firm there. Here's a tweet for you. Um, of these guys, Blade and Rocker, you know, they're all we have our eyes on. Vandy has some great talent coming in the wings, as you've mentioned. They're already making an impact now. Jack Later, 0.60 ERA, 3-0, 15 innings, 5 hits, 1 rock, 7. One earned run, seven walks, 26 Ks, batting average against 102. Kumar Rocker, 0.60 ERA, 3-0, 15 innings, six hits, one earned run, seven walks, 25 Ks, batting average against 125. So Lighter's had, you know, that tiny bit of an edge, but it's just absolutely ridiculous how similar these guys have been. And as we've said before, I would not be surprised at all to see them go 1-2. And that tiny bit of an edge because of how good they are at that level seems like the world yeah like point it was point two or whatever difference in um uh like earned run average or whatever mm-hmm. not even point one yeah um that difference is like everything to scouts even though i mean rocker's not too bad is it <laughs> no only gonna be a future mlb ace for years to come yeah Hopefully he drops, you know, drops to number 16. That's what I hope. Oh, I wonder who's picking there. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're 16. That would be awkward if they're not. No, I'm, well, we won't actually say the team then. How's that? (laughs) Ah, there, that that works. Um, But yeah, I mean, you look at, we were talking this week. It's like, it almost seems like later has been so much better because he's made some great adjustments he was already awesome coming in last year and he's picked it up even more it's like rocker was already so high that he had the bar set crazy and while he's been awesome this year it almost feels like he's been you know not as good as his counterpart just because of how lofty his goals are i mean he's thrown a no hitter he's thrown a 17 strikeout game those are pretty lofty goals lighter has just made so, so many improvements from last year and being only a sophomore um, that it just, it makes him seem like go- a god. Almost. Yeah. And he has that, you know, outlier background, which, you know, publicity wise puts him on the map. Any other school, you would say he's a man among boys, but at Vandy, you say he's a beast among men. How's that? I like that. Um, and then obviously another team that it wouldn't be a beyond the diamond episode if we didn't include them, uh, UVA, as we talked about, fell out of the rankings. They didn't have a bad week by any means, but they didn't have a stellar week either. Like I said, they uh, dropped two in a row to Florida state losing two, nothing in nine, four, uh, while also picking up wins 11, one against George Washington, two, one in the third game against Florida state and seven, nothing bouncing back against Richmond. In Charlottesville, 
Um, they didn't wow anyone, but you can't lose to FSU like that, especially on back-to-back games. And then winning a close one, two, one like that. That's tough. Yeah, obviously, certainly not what you're looking for. Um, there's going to be ebbs and flows throughout the season. I still believe in a team like that. I feel like their lineup hasn't even heated up yet. Um, so once everybody's clicking, I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in the top 10. But it goes without saying, that's an underwhelming weekend. Florida State not ranked. It's a team you'd expect them to beat. But tough opponent nonetheless, dropping those two out of three. So, yeah, you put it good. It wasn't a bad week by any means, but it's not what they expected. And uh, okay. coming up against Notre Dame, that'll be an epic series to watch. Yeah, and maybe Florida State's better. Maybe they're starting to come up now, too. They have a three- or four-game set against Virginia Tech this coming weekend. If they blow the doors off Virginia Tech after the week Virginia Tech had, maybe we're talking about Florida State and not and maybe Virginia's not – they didn't have that bad of a week. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is just keep it close against these ranked teams. I mean, obviously you do want to win because that's all that matters in this game. But um, it speaks to how good your program is when you can keep it tight. Like, just like, you know, we did UConn against Virginia. We lost two games, but they were one-run games. Um, doesn't mean we're a bad program. It just means they were that much better on that day. Um, it'll speak to the committees that are ranking these, the coaches' polls. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what Florida State can do there. They're a good program for sure. So, um, team to keep yeah. our eyes on. And I mean, they lost two nothing and then nine four. So nine four is tough, but it's still not getting blown out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another team to have our eyes on Mississippi State. Um, they keep doing their thing. They've only lost one game. It was to Kent State, but uh, you know they followed that up with a combined no hitter. So that's not a bad response in a. 13 to nothing win on Sunday. Pretty good. <laughs> They've also had a couple midweek games Tuesday, Wednesday. They beat Grambling 10 nothing, uh, Louisiana 4 nothing. Uh, their bullpen, kind of similar to how I talked about before. Um, that's something I got my eyes on. Uh, Landon Sims, he's a 2022 draft prospect, hit 93 to 96, struck out 10 against Texas on February 20th, early on in the season. Struck out 10, only facing 12 hitters. So, wow. Have another guy for you that did that <laughs> that we'll talk about later in the show. But um, he followed that up with another 10 strikeout performance against Tulane a week later. So he's highly regarded, just like some other guys we've talked about. He may move to the rotation next year because they've built him up in this long relief role. He's had so much success. Even in a regional game, you could see him getting a start when pitching always gets thin at that point of the year with double headers and all that goes into that. Um, Xavier Lovett, he's a sophomore. He's only 5'11", and he has what scouts have said is kind of a long arm action and a very effortful delivery. Still gets it up to 94 and 96, though. Um, having a nice year for them. And Casey Hunt, um, he's only a redshirt freshman, but yeah, he's eligible for this year's draft, which just goes to show you how crazy things are with um, the NCAA eligibility rules right now, thanks to COVID. Um, Obviously, it's a great thing they did because it's given these guys more chances to play. It's just kind of wacky from a logistics standpoint um, to see a redshirt freshman be draft eligible. But uh, he's flashing a nasty curve, locating his 92 to 94 well. And plenty of scouts have said they only see him getting better. And he's given up just one run this year. Uh, another underrated but dangerous arm out of that pen is Brandon Smith. And as I mentioned last Saturday, they had that combined no-hitter. Uh, Jackson Fristo, six innings, 87 pitches, eight Ks. 
Sims, Mikey Tepper, and Cam Teller finished the job in what was just a really good effort following up that loss. There's no better way to respond than that. Yeah, um, a little bit on Lovett. I just watched a few videos of him. He looks like a little bit of a taller version of Tim Lincecum. Like, he doesn't go back as far on the back, but he he has this very similar motion uh, on the follow-through with that stretchy arm, like you said. So that's an interesting thing to say because, you know, old Timmy's not too bad. Wasn't called no. the freak for no reason. I'll take a comp to a guy that won a few Cy Youngs in his day, led the Giants to a few World Series. Yeah, no, he's should be a Hall of Famer, but who knows how that'll work out. Yeah. Um, that we talked about this yesterday with the draft eligibility stuff. It's going to be a nightmare with college eligibility, even in a few years for coaches and colleges. Never mind draft. It's just going to be the whole 21 thing. They might just have to make it 21. They might not have to make it a grad year because it's just no one's going to know who's eligible and who's not. Yeah. I mean, there's so many guys already that you got to try to fit into a roster you got to cut a lot of good players, any of these programs, and it's just going to get even tougher. Uh, there's so much, so much of a talent infusion. As I mentioned, it's awesome that we can have these seniors back because they really deserve that chance to make their impact. But man, it's, it's going to be tough for these coaches to deal with. And as you said, a nightmare, it's a perfect way to put it. It's yeah. a good nightmare because you have a lot of talent, but it's tough. No nightmare, but good. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and throwing a combined no-hitter, obviously, if pitch count wasn't a thing, uh, Fristo might have been able to go the whole thing, but 87 over 6 is up. You can't really, you can't really continue after that. Maybe he, he might have been able to go 7, but you can't, you can't risk it when you get the no-hitter going. He threw something that we at Beyond the Diamond like to call an Austin Love no-hitter. Exactly. A 6 inning no-hitter. Yes. That The bullpen finished. Yeah throwing some shade at the uh, Tar Heels bullpen there, but unfortunately uh, they've earned it <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> um, also, you know, as I talked about a little bit when we were going through the new power rankings, uh, we're starting to see the real UCLA show up a little bit. Um, plenty of wins the last few days. Um, taking down UC Irvine, Cal State Fullerton, and some blowouts. Um, Pepperdine, um, Cal State Fullerton again, USC. Guess who? Cal State Fullerton, 6-2. And they got this weekend against Cal Poly. That's some crazy scheduling. But, I mean, it's a close-by team in a crazy COVID year, so it's not surprising. Um, on their Tuesday, 14-1 win against Cal State, they struck out 17. So uh, that's pretty good. And uh, junior right-hander Sean Mullen um, turned in his third consecutive start. That was really, really good. He struck out 10 guys, only gave up two hits over five scoreless. So he's 3-0. and um, He's just had a dominant start to 2021. Um, he has an, only a .43 ERA this year, over 21 innings. So just if he keeps that up, it's going to be amazing. And this was why UCLA was favored so much out of the gate, was their rotation. Guys like uh, Jared Karras, Jesse Bergen, Nick Nostrini, and Mullen coming out onto the scene. Um, good pitching is the backbone to a great team. So they're doing what they need to right now after – not an ideal start when they dropped two out of three opening weekend to San Fran. Yeah, no, um, they're definitely showing us why we shouldn't say they suck because they're, they're doing great. I'd say. Um, definitely. 
and we have come to this time where I go on my uh, my weekly rant about the UConn baseball team. But it's a good rant. It's it's not no, a. It's bad a great. Rant. It's a great rant. Um, all right, so let's let's dive right into it. Friday, five to nothing win against Miami of Ohio. This was a tournament we were playing down at um, Coastal Carolina. A uh, little baseball at the beach, I think they called it. Nice little showcase for us there. Unfortunately, the first two games weren't on TV, which just drives me absolutely crazy. Number one, as the team's video coordinator, it drives me crazy. But, um, you know, thankfully, Coastal had a good camera angle for our, our you know, scouting video. Um, but, uh, yeah, just the fact that it's 2021, we don't have all these games on TV. I could go off for days on that one. Anyway, five to nothing um, against Miami of Ohio on Friday. It was the Ben Kasparis show. He's, you know, I talk about him a bunch, but for good reason. I mean, eight scoreless innings, 11 punch outs. He is a special talent on the mound. We're so lucky that he transferred here from UNC. Um, Sam Favari making a nice mark on our bullpen so far this year. Two strikeout ninth. Um, Christian Fedko was two for four, scored two runs. Reggie Crawford at a sixth inning triple. You'll hear plenty more about him as the show goes on. Um, Zach Bushling, RBI single in the second. Pat Winkle followed up a Bushling walk in the seventh with an RBI double. So everybody chipping in. Um, you know, five-run day, a lot of singles, but got the job done. Um, Saturday was a tough one, though. Uh, five to four loss to Davidson. Um, Jeff Simeon didn't go too deep, but Kenny House and Randy Polona came on, did a great job, only gave up two runs and four and two-thirds innings of relief. Those guys have Nice veterans on this team, great leaders. They do their thing well. Um, a Reggie Crawford homer, David Langer sack fly. That was about it for the bats. Um, so not the game that our, our coaches were looking for, but we followed it up with one hell of a game on Sunday against Coastal. Uh, a 12 inning thriller, a five to four win. Uh, I hate to spoil the ending. I shouldn't have said that. I should have let it up dramatically, but you all know what happened. Um, <laughs> Austin Peterson, he got the ball for a second consecutive Sunday. Um, he struck out eight, five and a third innings, gave up three runs. Pretty nice start for him. Uh, Andrew Marrero uh, threw two innings. They were pretty gutsy. Um, he did a nice job. Um, but the big story on the pitching side I'll get to in a minute after I talk about our offense a little bit. Some 21st century baseball, you know, kind of a lot of home runs and strikeouts in this game. Um, Pat Winkle went yard in the first inning, and then again in the third, his second career multi-home run game. And for first, Kevin Ferrer, he had a home run, his first one. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that it was only his first career home run because if you're involved with the UConn baseball program, you know that he is an absolute menace in our intra-squad scrimmages. He sends all these balls into the bullpen. He's, he's got some serious pops. So it was nice to see him break that out in the game. Um, but the big story on the day in the eighth inning, our closer Caleb Borster came on to get the last two outs. Uh, we just wanted to keep it close. We were down four to three at the time. So he shut the door, got those last two outs of the eighth. In the ninth inning, we tied it up. Um, Andy Hay got on base, made his way around the base as well. He's a really good player for stuff like that. Um, and Eric Stock hit a sack fly, tied the game at four. So we brought Caleb back on, got the job done in the ninth, got the job done in the tenth, um, got the job done in the eleventh. Keep in mind, he's our closer. Uh, he was built up to have some length, but... Um, he really had his Nathan of all the 2018 World Series game three moment, except the end result was better. Four and two thirds innings, well over 60 pitches. Um, in the 12th inning, uh, Crawford, he reached on a fielder's choice, which made Eric Stock score. He came out despite already being in, I think it was like 50 pitches start the inning. 
All he did was strike out the side. So that was an incredible performance from him and a big boost for our team. Um, go check out on our Twitter page. There's a little highlight package of his 10 strikeouts. It was amazing. Um, one of the better pitch performances you'll see from a reliever. Um, yeah, no, um, a closer being able to do that. Avaldi's no closer. That's that's a crazy feat. You had told me before the season even started that you were building him up to go that long. I was like, yeah, but are they ever going to do it? Well, no, you proved me wrong. They were going to do it. Yeah, we saw it against UVA too. Um, he threw a couple innings in that game with another gutsy 60-plus pitches save. Um, so but I don't know how pitches, he can lift his arm. But yeah, is, 60 man. pitches and extra innings is some kind of, that's feel it has to feel like a hundred that's the thing they're such high stress pitches that it's not just you know going out there throwing 60 in the fourth through seventh inning that's he what makes relievers so good game on the line everyone he was throwing and man that every was every pitch especially because it's in weight it's way yeah um coastal you know south carolina they're a little more lax with covid than some of us northern states um so they had plenty of fans in the park um, it's a tough atmosphere, but he did an amazing job with it. And, you know, I'm biased here, but if I'm a scout or a GM, I'm looking at performance and I am getting ready to draft him this year. Um, he's doing great. Yeah. And it may be a tough atmosphere, but I'm sure he was like, I'm pitching in front of fans again. I don't care who they're fans for. That has to be awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even if he was getting to, it did certainly didn't show because he still came out pumping the heat, but even if he's getting tired, um, you know, 80% of Caleb Borster is better than anyone else. So we were happy to roll with those odds. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, unfortunately, on Monday, we lost again. It was it was a crazy game, though. Kind of a bumpy ride on the mound for both teams. Uh, there were 14 combined pitchers used um, between us and Coastal. Um, one performance that I did want to shout out, Kenny Campbell. He was pitching his first game in 1,066 days an inning and a third in some very important baseball because we needed to keep that game close seventh eighth ninth and he did the job well um keeping them off the board there and kenny house came in put out the fire in the ninth got two outs in uh seven pitches to keep it at two run deficit um but i mean the big story to me watching this game even though the pitching struggled initially was the bats uh to take a game that was a 12 to 4 deficit in the fifth inning and make it super stressful for closer. They had to use their closer, Alaska Abney, for an inning and two thirds. Once again, a lot of high stress pitches. That's, so yeah. that spoke well to that we battled nicely. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we couldn't pull off the BC style comeback, but mm -hmm. still promising nonetheless. Um, plenty sure. of good signs. Um, Christian Fedko and Kevin Ferrer making noise again. Every hits in the first. Zach Bushling had two home runs in the third and fifth. And Reggie Crawford hit a bomb in the seventh that. Our boy, we mentioned him earlier in the episode, but Jared Carabas tweeted it. Compliment to Matt Olson. Love to see that. Also, speaking of Reggie, go check out his vlogs on YouTube if you want to see a cool behind-the-scenes awesome. look at UConn. They're awesome. We're watching them recently, and and yeah, he does a he does a great job producing them. Not just a menace at the plate and a great defensive first baseman, but he's also a top-notch video editor. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna come for come for our jobs. Yeah, really, he truly can do it all. Um, again, in the eighth, he came back up, um, Abney pitching. He cleared the bases, the double, um, he scored Pat Winkle, Stock and Bushling. And, um, yeah, that was, that was clutch. 
ultimately it wasn't enough, but he certainly did his job, everything he could. And um, another shout out, nice day for Kieran Deveni. He's our backup catcher. You know, when you're behind Pat Winkle, it's tough to get a starting nod. So, but you know, he'll play at least once or twice a weekend. He went two for four with the walk coming out of the seventh spot. So good to see him heating up a little bit. And yeah, so number nine, Texas Tech will be our foe this weekend. Four game series, the wraparound like it was Friday through Monday with us down at Coastal. Um, that will be plenty stressful, but really fun to watch. I'm excited. We'll keep an eye on it for sure. That should be a great series. Really measure them to see how, how much they've improved since the Virginia series. Yeah, we've had some tough tests right out of the gate. Um, but that's college baseball. You need to beat the best to be the best. Um, and really, that's any sport. As we all know, I'm not going to rattle on with the cliches for too long, but uh, and we're almost there, a little less than two weeks away until LA Ballpark opens uh, the 23rd against Central Connecticut. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so uh, we've already talked about some of these weekend matchups, but let's just touch on a few more that we wanted to highlight that we want people to have their eyes on. Um, we mentioned the Notre Dame Virginia series. That's obviously one we're going to keep our eye on. Uh, FSU, Virginia Tech, we mentioned, because we got a friend that's going to those games. Louisville, BC, two top 25 teams going at it. ACC powerhouses, that'll be great. Um, Vandy's probably first test, we'd say, in Oklahoma State, number 13. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, they have haven't had the world's most difficult schedule so far. No offense to other teams. You've done a nice job, but they're Vanderbilt. They need to they need to play the best. So yeah, Oklahoma State will be a good test for them. And, um who else? Uh San Francisco, UC Santa Barbara, see if they can bounce back against San Francisco. Oops. Yeah, San Francisco, obviously a stingy team. What they did against UCLA early on. UC Santa mm-hmm. Barbara can't be excited to see them across the field. No, uh, Oregon, Oregon State rivalry game. Oregon's, I mean, scolding hot. So see how that one goes. UCLA, um, Cal Poly. Um, UCLA, we'll see if they can keep it up. Cal Poly's got a nice squad. Um, we faced them last year, opening the season, and they were really tough. Um, their pitch, pitching was impressive. So um, that'll be a good series for sure. Uh, TCU, Gonzaga. That'd be a good matchup in just about any sport. Um, <laughs> but Baseball for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech. Pittsburgh rolling out a quality program as they usually do, but not ranked. Um, and Georgia Tech, like we said, they really rose up the rankings. So be important for the Yellow Jackets to keep their winning ways. Uh, Wake Forest, Miami. Um, after a little COVID problem here and there, Wake Forest ready to play again, taking on Miami. They've faced some good teams this year too. Been up and down. So it'll be a good game to watch. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and then we obviously had a few MLB highlights from this week. Um, the main highlight from spring training was, um, Harper, who we talked about earlier this year, um, a few weeks ago, how he's yoked. Um, well, he hit a ball very far the opposite way onto the concourse. They didn't say, I don't remember if they said how far it was, but it had to be over 430, I'd assume. Um, so maybe the whole idea of getting jacked was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, Bryce is out to prove these people that are mad he got that contract wrong. And so far, so good for him. He's put on a ton of muscle. And like you said, let's get everybody jacked because the results are paying off so far in spring training for him. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I yeah. still like what the Phillies have done. So they're a team we'll to watch if, out for. Dave Dombrowski. They can is, put it together. Sneaky good moves, putting that bullpen together a little better than it was looking last year. So it's all about if they can put it together. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a war for sure. I don't know if any. There might. I'm not sure if anyone will get to above 90 wins. Yeah, that last place team will finish like one game out of first place. <laughs> Honestly, that's very possible. And like you were saying with the Marlins, um, I've never been one to like betting odds because I don't think they really matter all that much. But the Marlins are getting severely disrespected in the betting odds right now. So, you know, any betters out there, throw your money down on them because they made the playoffs last year. No one expected them to. And they're just getting better with the more experience they've had. I think they're plus 1,700 to even make the playoffs. And um, it's expanded playoffs. So uh, that that. That's all I'd put down right away. I mean, even if they don't, they're going to be a menace for some of these teams to play. And with all that young pitching they got, sneaky good lineup too. Watch out for Miami. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other big news of the week, um, Jake Odorizzi is finally off the board. He's, you know, one of the last big name free agents out there. Um, there's a few more guys. I'd love to see Rick Porcello get a contract for – the leadership he possesses he's had some success too you know obviously wasn't the 2020 he hoped for with the Mets but he pitched a lot better in the second half of the year so if anybody needs somebody I really hope that he gets a contract but anyway back to Odorizzi uh two years 23 and a half million heading to Houston um Kramer Valdez going down with that finger injury they needed somebody and thankfully for them there was still a great free agent pitcher out there on the board to fill that gap and uh he'll be around for a little while in Houston yeah no um Two for 23s, great steal for Houston, I'd say, because he's a good, good pitcher. A huge loss for the Twins, I'd say, because they're, they're, they need pitching. They got an offense. They need pitching. Yeah, and we saw how well their pitching was last year, unfortunately, in the playoffs. Their bats kind of let them down a little bit because Dusty Baker managed the hell out of that series with the Astros pitching staff. Um, now he's, he gives us another arm. Yeah. And you know that pitching factory down there. Brent Strom has still been their pitching coach forever. He survived all that turmoil they've had. Um, so he'll bring him into the into the mix and just make him better than he's ever been. Yep. Certainly wouldn't be surprised to see that. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna, it's a great move. So I had had the Astros pretty high in my power rankings. People still aren't talking about them much. Um, only other real big move they had this offseason was bringing back Brantley, but team is already pretty much loaded um, with what they still got in house. So be, that's going to be another tough division because the angels are making noise now too, with Otani being the yeah. two way. Otani has been looking good, made his first start back on the mound and what feels like forever um, after a little bit of a bumpy ride for him in his return to the rotation last year from Tommy and John, but let's hope that he can be the guy he was early on in 2018 before the injury happened, because that two way talent he possesses is obviously quite special. I agree. It's going to be a great, great. They talk about how the college baseball season might be the best ever. I think this might be the best ever MLB season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some places will have full crowds in Texas. That's, is that the best idea? Well, we'll leave that to the medical experts, but it'll be fun to see a packed ballpark. That's for sure. Um, It'll be great to see. Who knows if it's a good idea? We don't know yet. (laughs) A lot of places, it's probably going to be 50% capacity, but 
hey, that's thousands more fines than we had last year. So exactly, it's going to be great to see that better than nothing again as more people get vaccinated. So baseball is is being baseball again, and that's a beautiful thing. Yep, exactly. All um, right, guys. Um, that's it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed uh, us recapping a bunch of the college games. Uh, looking forward to recapping the games we highlighted for next week. Um, and then in a few weeks, we'll get one of our buddies on to recap Virginia Tech and its atmosphere. Maybe we'll have a guest on next week. We haven't decided yet. Hopefully, we'll uh, add in video to YouTube showing like the stuff we're talking about. While we're talking about it, we got to figure out some copyright stuff. But yeah. hopefully, that's coming to you guys. Um, anyway, uh, if you have any questions, tweet us at Beyond the DIA Pod on Twitter or DM us on Instagram at Beyond the Diamond Podcast. See you next time on Beyond the Diamond. And once again, go check out Fairfield's video coming out this week. Yep. Yeah, make sure to check that out. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.